Hey, my name's Seb. Welcome to Scattered Saints Podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever it is that you're listening to us. We have another sermon from Pastor Brett Esslinger this morning from our Essentials series, and it's called Essentials Humility. This one is one you don't want to miss. It can literally impact every single part of your life. So why don't you just uh, pull out that notebook? You know, if you're not driving, if you're just sitting at home, pull out that notebook. If you're driving, you know, mentally pull out that notebook. Let's engage with this sermon this morning as Pastor Brett brings another sermon. Hey, how you doing? My name's Brett. So amazing to have you here with us. Now, whether you're watching on your device or your computer, your TV, if you're at the lake or at home, it it doesn't matter. We're going to have an amazing time together as we lift up the name of Jesus. Now, what we're going to do together over the next number of minutes is I'm going to speak and share. We're going to use the Bible as the roadmap, as the compass for our lives, this sacred text that's God-breathed, God-inspired. And, uh, and we're going to take a step forward together. We're going to go on a journey, and then we're going to sing. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you're new to faith or, or you've uh, been with us for a long time, you, or you've been on the journey to Jesus for a long time. Uh, We all follow him one step at a time. I've been reflecting a lot on Psalm chapter 15. And in Psalm 15, verse 2 in the Christian Standard Bible version, it, it says, acknowledge the truth in your heart. And I've been spending some time acknowledging or reflecting on the truth that is in my heart in this season, the reality that I've got questions and I've got doubts and I've got answers, but I'm also acknowledging that all of those things don't edge out this thing that I know to be true, which is that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever that he walks with me and he walks with you and he wants to in every season. So I acknowledge the truth in my heart that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Today we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Jesus. Why? Simply because Jesus is changing my life every day and he wants to be a part of changing and transforming yours. It's it's not that much of a secret that Jesus gave his life for you. And in doing so, he didn't just do it so that, you know, our life would get better in the short term, but he did it that we could live together for eternity. But he also wants to transform our experience in this life. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that God is good. What we're learning maybe in the midst of COVID times is that the way that we see life, process life, the things that we taste about life, uh, all of those exterior things drive our heart reactions or our heart responses. They they are the things that are navigating or, or pushing us in a direction. But Jesus says, you don't have to live life that way. You could choose to follow Jesus, build your life on a firm foundation so that it doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what the external circumstances are, that he can lead you and guide you. I I find uh, peace in knowing that I don't have to do this alone, that I have to walk through this season or through these storms alone. Acknowledge the truth that's in your heart today. I guess maybe one question for today is, What is the thing that I trust most in my life? Speaking of not, you know, holding on or being driven only by our external circumstances, 
the book of First Peter, it says to humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. That the hand of God wants to be with you to, to guide you. you know, it doesn't say humble yourselves under the, the weak power or the obscure power or the exclusive power. It says humble yourself, meaning submit yourself, Surrender to the mighty power of God, the mighty power of God, the incredible, the the amazing, the miraculous power of God. You might be facing the most insane things that you've ever seen in your life, or maybe you're going through the best season. It doesn't matter. We humble ourselves. We submit ourselves under the incredible, mighty power of God, and He will lift us up. The book of Psalms says, though we may stumble, we will not fall because the arm of the Lord arm of the Lord protects us, leads us, guides us. Now, my son Everett, I have two boys, Everett and Kingston. Everett's turning eight, uh, and he's losing teeth like crazy. You know, this has been going on for a little while, but he's been losing teeth like crazy all over his mouth. And a little while ago, he lost, like, this is like, you know, like a year ago, he, he lost his his two front teeth, you know, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. He lost his two front teeth. And, and once they were gone, uh, you know, he did what anyone else would do. You had to, you got to learn how to adapt, you know. You got you to gotta eat things a different way. So he started eating out of the side of his mouth and he started chewing things a little bit differently. If he was going to eat like a piece of meat, he loves steak. I know he's got expensive appetite. Uh, trust me, I know, for an almost eight-year-old and he loves a good ribeye steak. He's like, Dad... When you cook the steak, it's the best. I want steak tonight. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, thanks for praising my barbecue skills. But I noticed the other day when we were eating supper that even though he's got his, his teeth have all started to grow in, he's got these ginormous chompers up front, that he's been eating out of the side of his mouth. And he still eats out of the side of his mouth. Why? Because there was a gap there. He had to learn. He had to adapt. He had to shift. He had to figure it out. He had to make do because he just had gums. He had to do something different. He learned how to eat in a different way. I'm like, Everett, why are you eating like that? Well, well Dad, I like... This is where I eat. Like if I, if I really need to chew something, I, I know that I have these teeth. Oh, I know that this is what I got. I wonder how many of us in this season, uh, are becoming aware of our adaptations. You know, throughout the journey or the course of our lives, we've, we've adapted. We, we, we've, we've adapted to how life is, how it's functioning. Even in COVID times, you know, we're, we're adapting. We're, you know, you go to the grocery store and, and you see that other person walking down the aisle and the first thing is, are you walking the right way? Is the arrow pointing this way? Uh, and then, you know, you kind of move to the side and, and you're like, okay, let's create some room for one another. It, it's reshaping. We're adapting. As much as we adapt to our natural surroundings on the outside, we actually do the same thing inside of our hearts. We go through different seasons or different situations and we begin to adapt. We're like, okay, well, I've had this trauma, so I'm not going to open my heart in this way to this kind of person anymore because if I do that, I'm just going to get hurt again. And we begin to adapt. Maybe you feel like, you know, you, you're one of those people who prayed this prayer, God, use me, use me, Lord. I just want to be used by you. And, you know, maybe it happened at camp in the summer or, or maybe it happened in the middle of a church service or maybe it was in your bedroom. You're just like, God, I just want to be used by you. And then you start volunteering and you start serving and, and you start giving your life and pouring your life out by the church. And you're just like, God, I just feel so used. 
And you, there's almost like a level of brokenness. And he's like, well, isn't that what you asked for? Isn't it amazing that sometimes when our prayers get fulfilled, like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what I thought it was. No, because what you thought it was, was an adaptation of the desire of your heart. And Jesus wants to help lead you into truth. And He wants to help use the most uncomfortable moments to begin to extract the gold in your life. Uh, I want us to jump over to Judges. We're going to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Yeah, we're going to the Old Testament. Uh, this is an encounter uh, with Gideon. Now, if, if you don't know much about Gideon, I'll give you the Coles notes about Gideon. Uh, the Israelites were, were living their lives. This is 400, 600 years approximately from the time they left Egypt, entered the Promised Land. And so, so they're just living their lives, doing their thing. And, and what do you do when you possess the Promised Land? You, you live in God's promise. You live in a new season. It's, we begin to adapt. In other words, begin, we begin to take it for granted. And the Israelites began to take it for granted. They begin to take God's promises for granted. And they say, he said, listen, don't do this, this, and this. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the longer they persisted, the further those things went back in their memory. They begin to adapt to their new surroundings. And they begin to just kind of fit in. And God says, okay, listen, you want to go your way. You go your way. You do your thing. He said, but there's going to be some consequences with that when you choose to go your own way. The consequences where this group of people, their neighbors in the land, started to take advantage of them. This is uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 2. It says, The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, these enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They drove, they arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Then. So these Neighbors are essentially the worst bullies of all time who every time you showed up to school punched you in the mouth and take your lunch. But they didn't just take your lunch. They took your shoes. They took your backpack. They took everything. The people of God, the Israelites who are living now in the promised land, living in in the fullness of God's promise, are reduced to hiding in holes and caves. They went to possessing, being this possessing people who came in and, and just took over this land. And all of a sudden now they're hiding and they're settled back. Why? Because they began an adaptation. They began to adapt. They began to trust themselves and their abilities more than the God of deliverance who brought them through and brought them into the promise. It was an adaptation. So the Midianites kept punching them in the mouth and taking their things and stripped the land. Do you notice how long it had to persist until the Israelites called out to God? Then, once the land was reduced, they were reduced to starvation. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Then, then. What's your then? What's your moment where you realize you were in over your head? 
What's your then? Is there a moment in your story where you're just like, look, I got this. I can figure it out. I got this. And it's not that you were trying to, you know, disregard God. You, in some ways, you're trying to honor him and say, you know, what, what must I do? Well, I, God, I'm going to show you what I can do. And it wasn't until we get to this critical uh, situation where it's just complete brokenness. And you're like, then they called out to God. Now, the amazing thing is God is faithful to answer. He's faithful to hear. He's faithful to respond. But why do we wait to... Uh, utter com- destruction in our lives, complete brokenness. Why do we wait for that moment before we start our then? Then they called on the name of the Lord. They called on the Lord, and He showed up. He showed up. Now, in the midst of our story, there's this guy named Gideon, and. <laughs> Gideon needed to take care of his family. He needed to make some food. And so he came up with a great plan. He knew that there was a a wine press in the ground. And so he was hiding in holes and caves. And when the Midianites were gone, he he brought whatever grain he could gather. And he ran over the wine press and he started threshing wheat in that wine press. So that he could create food for his family and for his community, for his friends. Now, if you've hung out in, in church circles for a while, sometimes Gideon gets kind of a bad rap because we're like, listen, Gideon, like, um, you're such a coward. Like, why do you hide in holes and you live? No, no, no. I don't see anybody else recorded in Scripture who got out of the holes to make sure that his family was fed, who came up with a, a creative idea so that he could go and make sure that his family could eat. I don't see anyone else recorded, and it's not a mistake then that the angel of the Lord shows up, and this is in Scripture what's known as the Christophany, where where Jesus shows up. Uh, We believe in the Old Testament, and he has this encounter. He says, hey, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. That's what uh, the, the translation I grew up on says it. Some says, hey, you mighty man of God. One translation says, hey, you mighty hero. And Gideon's like, whoa, 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 who are you talking about? Don't you see where we are? Now, there's a reason why the angel of the Lord appears to you. There's a reason why Jesus shows up to you because you're at the right place at the right time in the right season and God is about to prepare you to launch into what's next. And he says, God, where have you been? Where have you been? And he says, "Ah, I've been here the whole time. This is your then moment when the lights came on and you say, I'm in desperate need of you. And he said, I just reveal myself in a new way. Maybe you feel the same tension you're doing what you got to do to make it through or maybe you're just going through the grind your everyday normal life but you can feel like things aren't trending up why wait for your break down moment this is uh judges chapter six we'll look at verse 14 it's a conversation back and forth then the lord turned to him and said Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. 
Now, let's just pause it for a moment. Sometimes when we read scripture, you do what I just did and you kind of read it flat. But this is an, a conversation. This is a back and forth uh, conversation between the Lord and Gideon. And, and his response, it kind of comes across as a little whiny to me. I, I don't know about you. It's like, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family kind of comes across a little, maybe a little whiny. Now, maybe it's just the way that I read it or the way that I, I see it or, or what I'm reading into, but these are real people in, in real conversations. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but something hit about that hit me funny. It's like, hold on, those things actually aren't true. You know, there's things that you hear that are passed down that you inherit about you or your family that are not true, but you've adopted them as truth. But I'm the weakest, and I'm the smallest, and I'm the worst. Why would you pick me? Uh, there's a preacher, Dr. E.W. Kenyon. He was a theologian, a president of a Bible college. Lived about 100 years ago. He says, we go before the Lord, but we listen to the devil before we go there. <laughs> We'll go to the Lord, we'll go to Jesus, but we listen to the devil on the way. I wonder how many things you're carrying in this season that are shaping or framing your identity that are not truth. That are things that you've heard, the things that you've adopted, things that have been said. Before we go any further, I just want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that these words are shaping your future. I'm sorry that these lies have crept into your psyche. Today, Jesus wants to set you free. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is having a conversation. These are the literal words of Jesus. We'll start in verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? Other translation says, What must I do to have eternal life? Jesus responds, Why ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your mother and your father, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? As if it was about how he could perform. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the man, when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. You're like, Jesus, isn't that, isn't that a little harsh? Like, that seems like a lot. <laughs> you know, just, he's asking you a question, what must I do to have eternal life? What, what, what good deeds must I do? And, and you just go and sell everything? And you know that he's got, like, everything. He's got the car. He's got the house. He's got the bling. He's got all the things. And, and, and you're like, yeah, 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 just sell it. No, because what Jesus is doing is he's not dealing with our external situations. He's dealing with the heart. See, when we 
humble ourselves under the mighty power of God, under the mighty hand of God. It's like a skilled surgeon who comes into our heart and he begins to to take away the things that are tripping us up. He takes away the things that we're depending. Did you notice that he went straight after the man's possessions? Why? Because it's the thing that propped him up. It's the thing that gave him a sense of importance. It's the thing that was actually keeping him from God because he trusted in his things and his finances and his ability to create wealth more than he trusted in the creator of the universe. Don't you see it's the same as the Israelites who trusted their ability in the promised land as the chosen people. They trusted their own identity and their ideology more than they trusted in God. At some point they say... Something shifted inside of their hearts and their minds. It wasn't until they hit desperation moment when they said, then they called out. Then they cried out. You don't have to wait for your then moment. We're in a series of talks and conversations in this manner. Talking about the idea of essential. I think the most essential thing in any relationship is trust. (laughs) Who or what do I trust more than I trust Jesus? It's a hard question. Maybe you're far from God. You're like, listen, I don't trust Jesus Jesus at all, but I'm seeing the infrastructure of my life crumble. All the things that I thought were dependable, my job, my career, my financial status, my credit score, all those things that I thought were dependable. Maybe it's your marriage is crumbling. You're like, all those things that I thought were, were there and were secure are crumbling. My friend, if we build our life on Jesus, he will never crumble. So I guess what we're here to talk about today is if we're taking one small step towards reprioritizing our lives, moving to what's essential, we're bringing our hearts into alignment. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, 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 that beautiful prayer, those words of Jesus, God, make my heart and your heart aligned. Make my life the way that I live in, in the way that you want me to live as one. Maybe we got to roll it back to Psalm 100, verse 3. In Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. We started by, in Psalm 15, we started by acknowledging in the truth in our hearts. Well, what the writer of that psalm was getting at was exactly what he said later in Psalm 100. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Jesus is God. I'm not. You're not. You don't have to make it all happen. What he wants to do is walk with you. But what must I do? What, my, what good deeds must I do? Listen, it's not about your good deeds. It's about a relationship status. What's your relationship status with Jesus right now? Oh, we're on rocky terms because he didn't show up. He didn't show up or you didn't let him in. The scriptures say, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Acknowledge 
that the Lord is God. This is a Psalm 100 verse 3. Because he made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. He always takes care of what? His. We are described as his inheritance. Did you know that? You and I are his inheritance. You might be waiting for some payday. You are his payday. So he loves you. He cares for you. If your relationship status with Jesus is one who's following Him, but you've got a broken relationship due to the situations or circumstances in your life, then I want to encourage you today to let go of the framework that you've been trusting and hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world. Wow, I'm so thankful that you and I can encounter Jesus today in a fresh way, in a real way. I trust that He's speaking to you, that we could open our hearts and experience Him in a brand new way. If you're somebody who is close to Jesus or walking with Jesus, but you're processing through the things that you're trusting more than Jesus, I want to encourage you today to take some time this week, every day, to write down one thing that you think you trust more than Jesus. And then I want you to take a simple step and pray over that one thing and say, Jesus, I give you this thing. Help me to trust you more than I trust this thing. Maybe you're not close to God. You're far from God. You're on a journey. You're trying to discover something foundational. Now I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Like, well, but I'm just, I don't know that I'm ready to commit. The truth is, what do you got to lose? What if for this week you could write out the things that you're depending on in your life, the things that, that you believe to give you security, the things that you believe to give you identity? And what if you said, okay, Jesus, I'm willing to take a step. I'm willing to try and trust you. And if you just said, Jesus, I give you this thing. trust you in this area and then just create a space maybe you need to find a time to journal or to write it down or to write it into your phone whatever it is it's going to look different for you but consciously invite the creator of the universe Jesus Christ into your moments every day why not maybe you're ready today you say you know what my life I need change right now Well, there's a few things that you can do. We want to walk with you in this season. So you can text the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 587-400-2010. Why don't you get out your phone do it right now? You want to make a decision to follow Jesus? we got some resources to help you take your next step forward. And we just want to connect with you and walk with you in this next season of life. Maybe you're not ready to take that step, but you do want to know more about the things that are happening around our church at every location in Edmonton, Spurs Grove, and Stone. Plan, then you just text the word hello to 587-400-2010. But maybe you're ready right now to take a big step forward and put your hope and trust in Jesus. We're going to pray together because the Bible says that the way we can accept Jesus Christ is we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths. So if, if you believe in your heart, I want you to pray this prayer and confess it with your mouth. Say it out loud. Come on, just pray this prayer and repeat it after me. We're actually going to say it in every home, in every house, in every car. We're going to say this together because the Bible teaches us that when even one person makes a decision to follow Him, that all of heaven has an incredibly epic party. So right now we want to have a party. That's how we want this day to roll on. Come on, if you're making that decision, 
decision, then just pray this prayer after me and be sure to text the word Jesus to 587-400-2010. Come on, let's pray together. We say, Dear Jesus, I need you now more than ever, so I give you everything, my wins and my losses, my sins, my successes. I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sin. Guide me into my future. From this moment forward, I'm following you one step at a time. Jesus, be the king of my life. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you made the decision to follow Jesus today, that is one of the best decisions you could have ever made. But if you want to know more or you want to get connected to a local church, head over to scatteredsaints.ca slash Jesus. We would love to get connected with you there, or you can just learn more about who Jesus is. Thanks for joining us today on the Scattered Saints podcast, and we will be back next week with another podcast. We'll see you then.